In January, U.S. intelligence agencies said unequivocally that the Russian government interfered in the 2016 election with the goal of undermining Hillary Clinton's candidacy. Congress has been slow to respond, but beginning March 20th, the House Intelligence Committee will launch rare public hearings on the issue. I'm Sean Zeller, and this is CQ Roll Call's Week Ahead podcast. I'm joined today by Ryan Lucas, CQ's intelligence reporter. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you. Ryan, so why are Republicans holding a hearing at all? Is this about public pressure, legitimate concerns about what they've seen from the intelligence agencies? Well, it's not Republicans themselves who are holding this hearing. This is part of an agreement reached between Democrats and Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee as part of their scope of the Russia investigation. And they want to hold public hearings so that the American public can hear from American officials and former officials about Russia's meddling in the election. These committees generally do a lot of their work behind closed doors. And so it's important, lawmakers say, for the public to have a chance from time to time to hear exactly what, uh, what their officials know. It's not possible to do all of the committee's investigation work in public because of the nature of, of this investigation. It deals with a lot of raw intelligence, classified uh, material that just, it's not possible to do this publicly. They don't want to expose what the intelligence community calls sources and methods uh, for how they collect intelligence. And so what we have now on, on, on Monday is the first opportunity for lawmakers uh, and intelligence officials to open up the doors and say, here's what we have, here's where we want this investigation to go, and this is a chance for the American public to hear that. Do we know who's going to be testifying, and do we have a sense of whether they're going to be able to tell the committee much? Well, this is one of the things about open hearings, is that you aren't going to be able to hear everything that you want to know. All the questions that we have as, as, as a public about Russia's interference, possible ties between the, the, uh, the Russians and Trump campaign officials, we're probably not going to hear that on Monday. The people that are going to be testifying are FBI Director James Comey and the Director of the National Security Agency, Admiral uh, Mike Rogers. So they'll come before the committee, and, and the ranking member of the, of the committee, Democrat uh, Adam Schiff of California, has said that he's going to ask quite pointedly um, FBI Director James Comey about these wiretapping claims that the president has made, saying that uh, President Obama wiretapped Trump Tower. Now, Schiff, as well as the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, uh, Devin Nunes, they have both said that they've seen no evidence of this. House Speaker Paul Ryan said this week that he has seen no evidence of that. And then you've also had the, uh, the chairman and vice chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee also say that they have seen no indications that uh, Trump Tower was a subject of, uh, of wiretapping. So that claim from the president has been shot down by senior, uh, basically the most senior congressional officials when it comes to, uh, to intelligence. But this will now provide a public forum for Comey himself to answer those claims. Right. And so... The wiretapping issue has to do with whether the government was investigating collaboration between the Trump campaign and the Russian government. Do we know anything about whether there was collaboration? Have they said anything along those lines? Well, James Clapper was asked this question after uh, January 20th when, when Trump was inaugurated and, and Clapper left office. And Clapper was the, the director of national intelligence for six years under Obama. And Clapper said that he has seen no evidence of that. Uh, Mike Morrell, who was a top Clinton ally, former acting director of the CIA, said uh, in the past couple of days that he has seen no evidence of uh, collaboration between the Trump campaign and, and Russia. That does not mean that there was not 
that does not mean that there was. What it means is that this is part of an investigation that it, uh, the committees are, are carrying out. Um, the Senate Intelligence Committee is, of course, carrying out uh, the same sort of uh, investigation as the House Intelligence Committee. What we know so far is that Comey has declined to say whether there is an investigation at all. He will not say whether there is or is not. He's not commenting on that. Um, the fact there's been a lot of public reporting into the collaboration in, issue, into collaboration, right. into ties between the the Trump campaign and uh, and Russia. There's been a lot of public reporting indicating that there that there is indeed an investigation ongoing that has been going on since about the spring of 2016. There was a report from BuzzFeed this past week saying that uh, investigators had looked at Michael Flynn's alleged connections with Russia. The now former national security advisor. The now former national security advisor who lost his job because of uh, what the administration says was lying to the vice president about the nature of his uh, contacts with Russian officials. What we have is, is, is a lot of loose ends, a lot of threads here that some people tend to look at and say, well, that's direct evidence of collusion between folks within Trump's orbit and Russia. But everyone who has seen more evidence than the public has so far, they have said, we have seen no evidence of direct ties. That would there's, there's no smoking gun, basically, is what they've said. Mm -hmm. Now, there were these reports that beyond Michael Flynn, there were other Trump campaign officials that had communication with Russian officials during the campaign. That seems odd, I think, to the American people. But is there a more innocent explanation for that? Well, you have Flynn's talks, for example, with Kisilyak, um, the Russian ambassador to the United States. For an incoming national security advisor to have contacts with foreign ambassadors is not that unusual. The fact that Flynn did not disclose these contacts and actually lied about it when asked about them, that's fishy, that's suspicious, and that has caused uh, his downfall to a degree. Um, the fact that now Attorney General Jeff Sessions, former uh, senator from, from Alabama, had contacts with the Russian ambassador at the Republican National Convention, um, and then later had a one-on-one uh, -on -one meeting with him uh, at Sessions' office in, uh, in the Senate, is not unusual. Senators often meet with ambassadors. The fact that Sessions forgot to mention it when asked about contacts with Russians during Sessions' confirmation hearing, again, why does Sessions have amnesia about this? Why did Flynn have amnesia about this? So those are, those are certainly questionable. They raise red flags for, for people, but they are not in and of themselves um, indications of, of guilt or, or collusion. There are a number of other folks who are within the campaign's orbit uh, that have raised questions. There's Paul Manafort, former campaign director, who worked with the former Ukrainian leader, uh, Viktor Yanukovych, who was ousted a couple of years ago. Um, there have been questions about uh, Manafort's ties with Russians, Russian officials. There's Carter Page, who was an advisor, although the exact nature of his ties with the, with, with the Trump campaign uh, and how close they were are certainly questionable. Um, he has had meetings with Russian officials, although he denies anything uh, anything nefarious. There there have been a number of, of others. There's uh, Roger Stone. All of them, of course, deny that there was anything uh, untoward about these about these these contacts. Um, but that's something that these congressional investigations are looking into. And these are all people that lawmakers have said they would like to bring in and talk to in the course of their investigation. So at this hearing on the 20th, can we expect anything beyond really a reiteration of what the intelligence agency said back in January that the Russians tried to interfere with our election? 
You know, that's a that's that's a good question. Now, a, a lot of this is, and, and lawmakers have said as much in, in conversations that I've had with them, is just the need to try to bring the public into the conversation. There's a lot of speculation out there about what's going on. And what these open hearings do is provide a form to kind of clear the air. Are we going to get into classified information? No, of course not. That's not something that, that open hearings uh, are for. And it's not something that FBI Director Comey or the NSA director um, are going to do. They're very cautious about what they say in a public forum. And Comey has apparently also been very hesitant about getting into some of the nature of what may or may not be an investigation into ties with Russia, even with the Gang of Eight, the so-called Gang of Eight, which are the the top intelligence officials from uh, the House committee, as well as the Senate committee, and the the, the top officials uh, in the in the House and Senate. So. Whether Comey's going to suddenly have fireworks at this at this hearing on Monday, that's highly unlikely. But he can address the wiretapping claims if he if he decides to do so. But either way, lawmakers feel that it's it's important to do this publicly from time to time, just to keep people in the loop. And so, what's next after this hearing? There is another hearing scheduled in pretty short order. Uh, the following week, exactly. There's a, a hearing. They actually tried to bring everybody in on the 20th, but it didn't work out. So on. The uh, March 28th, uh, the House is going to try to bring in former CIA director John Brennan, former director of national intelligence uh, James Clapper, um, former acting attorney general Sally Yates, who of course was fired by President Trump, as well as two senior uh, senior officials from the uh, cybersecurity firm CrowdStrike, which was the firm that was brought in uh, initially by the DNC after the DNC figured out that it was hacked. So that will provide another chance for you know former senior officials who have access to all the intelligence that was out there to come in and discuss what they know. But again, this is an open hearing and we're not going to get into you know the, the nitty-gritty and details of of what the intelligence community knows about so this. So let, let's say, Ryan, that there, there's no smoking gun, that they can't demonstrate collusion between the Trump campaign and the Russian government. What's What else can come out of this? Could there be an effort to make sure that there's no interference in future elections? Well, that's one of the things that when both the Senate and House Intelligence Committees revealed the scope of their investigations and what they wanted to look at, that's one of the things that they also emphasize is that you know we want to also make sure that we know how the Russians did this so that it doesn't happen again. And intelligence officials have warned that this is, you know, these sorts of cyber attacks are things that the Russians are doing now against U.S. allies in Europe, Germany being the perhaps the best example. Uh, they have elections coming up this year, and German officials have actually said that they feel that they are under cyber attack and, and have pointed the finger at Russia. But what you mentioned about, you know, no smoking gun, this is something that talking to folks uh, who are involved in these investigations they're very conscious of the weight of expectations that has been placed on the shoulders of, of their investigations. They're also conscious of the fact that they likely won't find some sort of smoking gun. That's just not how these sorts of uh, active measure operations that the Russians conduct actually work. And that's not saying that there, that there was collusion or was not. It's just that the expectation that suddenly at the end of three months, six months, however long this, these investigations take, that there's going to be some grand revelation, that probably won't happen. It may, but people are really, they're, they're kind of trying to tamper down expectations of that sort of grand reveal at the end of all of this. Now, at the end of 2015, as I recall, the uh, a cybersecurity bill that was created out of the intelligence committees was enacted into law. Um, there's been a lot of other cybersecurity bills floating along. 
might this whole thing lead to another big legislative effort on that front? I wouldn't count on it, <laughs> to be entirely honest. Um, I don't think that Congress has a firm grasp of all that this entails. And by this, I mean cybersecurity and how to defend networks. And there's even the question of whether whether you really can. I mean, the, what cybersecurity experts like to say is that cybersecurity experts just warn that basically every network out there has probably been hacked at some point in time in, in, in some way. Nobody is totally secure. That's just not how these things work. And the, the bill that you alluded to that was passed in 2015 was the Information Sharing Act. Um, right. And its implementation has been spotty, and officials tend to say that enthusiasm for it in the private sector is not perhaps as great as it was. It was very controversial, too. It was hard to get it done. It, it was. It took, actually, there were a number of false starts over the years before this one was finally passed. But to give an indication of how complicated this topic is and how lawmakers perhaps are not best placed to solve these issues— after the, the WikiLeaks revelation about C, the CIA's alleged hacking tools that they use. Senator John McCain, who's the chairman of the, the Armed Services Committee and has been very vocal about, one, Russia, and two, cybersecurity more generally and how important it is, told r reporters that he was unaware that something like a Samsung TV could be hacked, which was one of the revelations in these, in these documents. And anybody who's been following cybersecurity would know that a smart TV that has connection to the internet could be hacked. Um, this is just kind of common knowledge, quite frankly. And the fact that you have a senior senator who's expressing surprise about this says a lot. How's the Trump administration handling these investigations? The Trump administration uh, has actually, it's been kind of back and forth. They have, they have tossed the wiretapping claim to the committees and asked them to look into it, which the committees have, and they've come back and said, we haven't found any evidence of that. And Sean Spicer said yesterday that the president still stands by his, his claim and they'll let the committees get to the, to the bottom of it. The problem with the committees for the administration, um, this is not something that the administration has said, but the problem for them is that this keeps Russia in the news. That means that there are going to be stories in newspapers, there are going to be stories on CNN, on MSNBC, with Russia headlines, Russia, Trump headlines. And even if nothing comes out of this, even if it turns out that there's no evidence of collusion, you will still have it in the minds of a lot of people that Trump somehow worked with the Russians. Just like you have many people who believe that Hillary Clinton was somehow responsible for Benghazi, despite the fact that multiple congressional committees came out and said, no, there was no evidence. So that little bit of information will stick in the minds of many Americans, and no matter what they hear, it's there. Thanks for coming on, Ryan. It's been a pleasure. We'll have you back after they hold these hearings. I'm Sean Zeller. Thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on NPR One.